0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Broke Down Podcast. My name is Jonathan. This is episode number 61. I'm happy to be here, and I hope you are too. We've got a great episode ahead of us. First, I'm going to tell you that the Broke Down Podcast is a member of Osiris. Osiris Media creates podcasts and events that bring you closer to the music and art that you love. I've mentioned previously the new limited Osiris series Freak Flag Flying that features David Crosby in conversation with award-winning author and notable deadhead Steve Silberman. It's an outstanding, intimate, and candid chat that gets deep into who David Crosby is, was, and has always been. I've been really enjoying it. Episode 3 is out now. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, but I'm going to get to it as soon as I'm done making this podcast for you. I think you'll dig it. You can find this and so many more great things at OsirisPod.com. Alright, so as I said, we've got a bunch of stuff to get into today, so I'm going to run some real quick news and uh, we'll get down to it. Dead & Company were in Mexico this past weekend, which is kind of right now as I'm recording. I think their uh, final set was last night, but I haven't listened to any of that. I've seen some reports, but haven't collated them into something usable or discussable. So I will uh, have to get back to you with news on that. Phil has returned to performing in the past few weeks. Maybe a little longer, actually. But uh, anyways, that's great news. He was, as you may know, recovering from back surgery. Glad to have you back on stage, Phil. All right, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. I am recording this on Monday morning because it is, uh, it is a work holiday. So I could be home to hang out with my family, lock myself into a room, and sit in front of a microphone. To talk to all of you so let me sip my coffee real quick all right so the dave nelson band are releasing a new song entitled Movin' right along on wednesday january 22nd that's this week the song is a lyric by robert hunter uh, he sent it to dave nelson a while back and it will be available to stream or purchase digitally at all of your favorite digital music outlets I've heard the song. It's a beaut. I think you'll love it. We've got Barry Sless, who plays guitar and pedal steel with the David Nelson Band, and a whole lot more folks to talk about that song, the band, and all of that. And after our brief chat, I'm going to play you this new song from the David Nelson Band with, as I said, words by Robert Hunter. You're going to love it. After that, we've got our friend Jeffrey Alexander of the Dire Wolves who have a new record coming out and will eventually then land on some good old Grateful Dead. So allow me to remind you that you can find links to the David Nelson Band. Uh, there their uh, a nelsonband.com. Uh, dire Wolves and anything else worth linking to from this episode on the full show notes on the blog, which is broke down Also on my Twitter, which is at broke down pod. And that's the same thing over on Instagram at, broke down pod. Uh there is a Facebook page. We generally just post the episodes and link back to all the things I just talked about over there. And then um yeah. So go there for more details. But let's right now talk with Barry Sless of the David Nelson Band. Thank you for uh taking a couple minutes to talk to me tonight.
1: Sure. Where are you calling from?
0: I am in Virginia, Fredericksburg, oh. Virginia, if that rings any bells.
1: Uh, it does. I, I grew up in Baltimore, so uh I, I played a gig or two down there at yeah, some point was, in time.
0: Yeah, and they, there used to be a couple uh, decent venues down here. When I was uh, college age or whatnot, we uh, almost came down here to see shows every now and then as I was uh, more D.C. back then. In fact, the first time I saw you play was in the Dead Ringers up at the like the Grog and Tankard in D.C. Oh, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, weird little room, but that was a cool yeah, project. Yeah, it was.
0: So.
1: Yeah, uh, that's actually... Um, that's where I met uh, David Nelson was in that band right yeah, yeah.
0: so that's pretty cool and uh, and you guys have uh let's see that since then I, I I read through some bio stuff right you know' mm-hmm. doing research right and right the the number of bands that you've been in uh, I I can't I can't even so I, I but I've got some highlights here so you got Dave Nelson band of course uh, dead ringers right. uh, Phil and friends moon Alice you've recently been on uh, Couple of the Chris Robinson Brotherhood records, and, uh, mm-hmm. and just so much stuff. Though it's uh, it's it's really stunning that you you cover that gamut of the uh, that Bay Area psychedelic rock thing. So.
1: Well, there's a lot of a lot of it going on out here, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of opportunities. And then we, we also, besides the uh, Chris Robinson Brotherhood stuff, uh, we have a band uh, with Chris um called the green leaf rustlers
0: right that's been active
1: yeah we just play three shows um a little New year's run cool uh, yep
0: so, so we do it you know <laughs> yeah, when we can doing doing all the things all the time
1: uh well get I, I have a little break now cool. uh which is which is good but yeah it's been a busy year
0: right on well um I want to introduce you a little bit further to the audience and uh then we definitely ought to talk about this uh dave nelson band record and and uh whatever else we can come up with so as you mentioned you're from maryland when did you start playing guitar
1: oh uh, uh probably in high school okay at baltimore area that's uh, yeah
0: who were you listening to who was who was motivating you when you, were, when you uh, picked it up?
1: When I- well, when I first started, I was listening to like Hendrix and Cream, and um, from there <laughs> went to the next logical thing—country rock,
0: of course—and
1: yeah. was listening to like Poco and Flying Burrito Brothers and Pure Prairie League and um, you know new new riders, Commander Cody, cool. Sleep at the Wheel, that kind of stuff. Got big into Western swing.
0: Is that um, what led you to the pedal steel?
1: uh well actually the first time i heard pedal steel i wasn't sure what the instrument was but it was on teacher children nice and uh you know i remember uh, getting the record deja vu and looking on the back cover and it said uh pedal steel guitar or it might have just said steel guitar uh jerry garcia i was like hmm that's a the name kind of sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't really know. You know, he's and, just one of
0: those Bay Area guys, you know,
1: so. <laughs> right? And then, of course, a couple of years later, I found out who he was. And but that's the first time that that I remember the instrument catching my ear. And yeah. then, um, you know, when I started to get into the country rock thing and Poco, um, you know, I really dug the sound that Rusty Young uh, had and what he was doing, and Started, I had just started playing guitar and tried to emulate that on guitar a little bit. And then found a pedal steel and got one and started uh, learning in the real way.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, kind of a wildly different instrument. I love that Jerry plays on the Teach the Children uh, track because it gets, just thinking about how many people uh, unknowingly are, you know, big fans of a Jerry Garcia track, you yeah. know right (laughs) gets the subversive in me all the time but uh, you know jerry he was a kind of a he was a creative and a wonderful pedal steel player but he put it away i guess he i think i read an interview once that he just decided not to divide his focus he um i i wonder if that was the right choice and how have you approached playing the two very different instruments you just keep at them both for all the years uh
1: yeah well i would say uh, about jerry is he had his own thing on the instrument he didn't sound like any other player he just you know like he like with guitar uh he made it his, his own and he developed his own style uh with it um you know with the knowledge that he had he he put it to really good use um you know for me it's uh i Really enjoy playing both instruments, and and there's some bands where I only play pedal steel, some bands where I pretty much only play guitar, and some bands where you know it's mostly guitar and then a little bit of pedal steel, and that's actually kind of um, actually the other way around, mostly pedal steel and a little bit of guitar, and that is a little challenging because after I've been you know playing most of two sets with a metal bar in my left hand. And my index finger extended and holding that bar, and my left hand kind of holding that bar, which is kind of heavy. Yeah. And then I get up to uh, to play guitar. My left hand doesn't do what I want it to do because it's sort of just you know it's a uh, it, it's gotten a little stressed out from just holding that bar for so long. And then when I go to you know to finger the neck of the guitar, it's like whoa, slow down. It's not going there yet
0: yeah this thing um, is it's very different. you gotta shake it off, stretch it out and yeah back in
1: yeah you know it's uh it can be a, a little you know tricky of a of a transition, you know so it's a little challenging you
0: you you're on this uh, record this uh cowboy jazz record right that, from uh, i was i came across it it's from it's on rounder nineteen eighty one. And I was telling my friend about it today at lunch. And I was like, oh, I'm going to talk with Barry Slash. Remember this cat? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I tell him about the Cowboy Jazz record. He's like, Cowboy Jazz? Did you Weren't you listening to that the other day and saw it on your Instagram? I said, no, that was Hillbilly Jazz from Vassar Clements. And right. he says, well, wait, I've got Redneck Jazz from Danny Gatton.
1: Danny Gatton. Which I also have.
0: <laughs> so uh, it's a nice little uh, collection of parallel jazz records there. Uh, some very uh, distinct and interesting things that I just love the, the synchronicity of the three names. Right. So that, that came out in 81. But at what point did you end up in this, uh, psychedelic folk rock kind of thing? You're, you've, you've spent quite a few years doing.
1: Well, we, you know, uh, in cowboy jazz, in addition to playing like kind of the original Western swing stuff that we did, um, we stretched out and jammed a little bit and I was, you know, I was a fan of the San Francisco psychedelic scene. So, you know, there was a little bit of that in my playing. And, um, let me see. I remember at some point, uh, the sound man then for the grateful dead, Dan Healy had taken an interest in cowboy jazz and people started telling, telling me that they were hearing, um, our uh, <clears throat> our music on set break. Oh, cool! At at dead concerts, and he was—I guess he had gotten a hold of the record, and he was playing it. And uh, you know, we met, and, um, and then and Cowboy Jazz toured the Bay Area a couple times a year. We were we got really big on a station, a Bay Area station called K Um and uh, so that led to a bunch of Bay Area gigs, and we came out about three times a year. And one of the times uh, we played in San Francisco, Matthew Kelly from Kingfish sat in on harmonica and, you know, we kind of swapped licks and had fun playing together. And then they needed somebody to fill in with Kingfish in, uh, Telluride, Colorado in 1987. And, you know, Matthew invited me to do it. And so then I started playing with those guys and that, that led into uh, doing that project, uh, Dead Ringers, that was put together by a, a promoter in Southern California, and that's where I met Nelson, and uh, you know, kind of snowballs from there, right? Right. Yeah. We decided that we wanted to play original music, and uh, we started the band in 1994. Cool. And you know, I just I started. Uh, it was most of the touring bands I was. Doing at that time, were all Bay Area based, so um, I figured it was time to move out, and I moved out to the Bay Area in 2000.
0: Wow, you were a you were a holdout then out here on the East Coast. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so the the new song, uh, "Moving Right Along," it's called. Is a, this was mm-hmm. a part of a batch of Hunter lyrics that was uh, that he sent to Dave Nelson some time ago? Is that right?
1: Right, they've had a, a writing partnership um you know for a long time there's a, i think there's a couple uh, Hunter Nelson songs on our first uh recording with David Nelson band that came out in 1995 i believe and each one of the CDs that we put out you know had one or more Hunter Nelson collaborations and um he kept sending Nelson lyrics and every now and then we you know David would show up at a, a sound check hey check out this this new song. And I remember when he first brought in moving right along, just like from the get go, it was like, wow, that's a really powerful lyric on that. And, you know, we were, we were into it from the get go.
0: It really is a powerful lyric and uh, you, your contributions are outstanding as well. So it uh, it shapes into a really great track. We're going to, I think we're going to play it for everybody after, after this talk is over. So uh, they'll all, get a taste of it and then they'll be able to find it um, so this should come out on the 21st and it the record comes out on the 22nd and all of the major streaming services so they should be able to purchase it and that's right to listen to it and whatnot um, and I think they're gonna I think they're all gonna love it um, so was this recorded when you guys made the last record the once in a blue moon record
1: uh, nope Once in a Blue Moon, I think we recorded uh, in 2014 or put it out in 2014. And um, we recorded moving right along. We had uh, one day between shows that we were playing. And uh, we recorded it at at a friend of mine's studio in San Anselmo, California, um, close to where we live. Actually, I didn't realize it at the time, but I went back the other day and I looked at the date we recorded it, um, and it was August ninth of twenty sixteen. And oh, wow. you know, it's a lot of you know that's kind of a big day in Grateful Dead history, you know, for a lot of Deadheads. And um, yeah, we're we're yes. uh,
0: very familiar with that date around here. So yeah. So wow. Uh, well, it, it and in one day you did that. It's a great track for a, a day's work. That's it's really terrific. Yeah, we
1: did that. We did that and and two other tracks that we'll release at some point in the not too distant future, hopefully. Cool. Uh, but that was the you know that was the big um, you know powerful one with the the really powerful Hunter lyrics. Yeah. And and you know just. Um, it was about time that <laughs> we put it out. We've been sitting on it for for a little while.
0: Well, yeah, I'm glad to uh, glad to have it here. I'm glad to yeah, it's finally coming out into the wild because it's it's really outstanding. Uh, well, thank you. Have you got a uh, what? You, are you part of the uh, Hawaii tour that's coming up?
1: Yes. Well, for a period of time um, from 2007 to 2016, we did ten consecutive years going to Hawaii um did two islands each time a uh, big island in Maui and uh we'd make it a, a special thing for the our mainland fans and we you know we'd get uh you know a hundred to 150 fans from the mainland that would come over and over the years developed a, a good fan base on the islands there and um David got sick well he broke his shoulder mm-hmm. um in late 2016 so we didn't go back after after that and this is the first year we're going back and we're really excited about it yeah well um
0: looks like a good time
1: it's a great time and you know we get a lot of the you know a lot of our um fan family uh, from the mainland that comes over there and the gigs are none of them are at bars they're all kind of hand-picked venues that are not really necessarily always music venues but places that are beautiful spots where our fans can go in and that are that are family friendly and you know the fans can kind of freak freely (laughs) Uh and um you know it's just like a big party and um it's just a it's a great thing we all you know and and we all hang out the band hangs out with the the fans and it's um we have a great time
0: cool well that sounds awesome any any uh i would encourage you to come (laughs) well i'm afraid i won't make it this year but uh maybe next time um is there anything else on the on the horizon for you you want to tell us about
1: uh as far as nelson band we've got something uh we're playing a festival in ventura
0: oh right skull and roses fest
1: right we're part of that um so uh right now that's about it for for nelson band world we're you know anxious to get uh get this song released and uh yeah get it out there we feel that it uh hunters fans deserve to hear that great lyric
0: yeah they're they're going to love it and uh uh, you guys have a, a great time in Hawaii and in Ventura. I almost almost got booked to go out there last year, but uh, I hear it's a, a great festival, really nice spot, and uh, good, yeah good, good lineup this year as well.
1: Yeah, they've expanded it, looks like.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good time. So um, Barry, I'm going to let you go, but I want to thank you again for taking a few minutes to talk to me, and uh, we'll let everybody hear this song now and i'll tell them where they could find it after the fact and all that good stuff thanks so
1: much well my pleasure jonathan uh thanks so much for calling and uh hopefully see you down the line somewhere
0: yeah man okay thanks again to barry i enjoyed chatting with him and hope to have him back again sometime soon but now let's spin this brand new song from david nelson band as we've noted the words are by robert hunter And you'll be able to buy this from iTunes or Amazon or stream it on your favorite digital platform starting January 22nd, which, if you're listening to this on the first day it's out, you're hearing it a day early. That's enough for me. Here it is, David Nelson Band, moving right along.
2: I was born on Canaan's shore Moving right along Loaded my gun and went to war Moving right along I shot left and I shot right Now listen to my song
0: is pretty great i've been through it a number of times there are some heavy lines in there and the band really crushes it great stuff from barry and the whole crew i might have to listen to that again so be sure to find it on your favorite digital platform starting tomorrow january 22nd and keep up with the band at www.nelsonband.com so speaking of heavy back in episode 32 i spoke with jeffrey alexander of Wolves, just exactly perfect sisters band and got his backstory as a pre-Touchhead 80s deadhead, sometime taper, and a fascinating musician. Now Jeffrey's back to talk with us about the new record, as well as what's gone down since our last chat. Then he and I get into some Grateful Dead business, so let's get down with that. I'm glad we can get together and uh, talk about this new record and talk about some Grateful Dead, and uh, this uh, this ought to be fun. Other than listening to the records, I went back and listened to a couple of the other ones and the new one, and... uh, Cool. And uh, I actually listened to our conversation from last November—not last November, November 2018. So,
3: so many Novembers ago,
0: right? All of those Novembers back, um, which I guess was uh, coincided with uh, was paradisical mind. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and you know what? That was that was pretty good talk. Uh, we we covered a lot of ground, which is cool. So we don't have to, you know, beat up all of the all of the you know your Grateful Dead history per se. Suffice cool. to say, everybody, go back and listen to that because it's actually a pretty cool talk, and you had some good stories <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but, um, but it has been, as I say, a little while since we talked. You, uh, you had a pretty busy year last year.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, we we had um, uh, a new a new record came out in the in the summer, right? Um, on Beyond Beyond is Beyond. Um, called Grow Towards the Light and um we played some festivals around that and and in the fall we we did a little a short trip to Europe and played some shows and it it's been going really well.
0: Yeah it Grow Against the Light. I, I know I mentioned it on here on the show at some point around when it came out. Also last summer you put out a solo record, uh, Meditations for Beowulf. Let's- I did. Which I really, really enjoyed that record. Yeah, thank you. I know I talked about it on the show as well, but um, I was I listened to that tonight while I was making dinner, and it's um, it's funny these uh, the Dire Wolves records they get uh, sometimes a, a maelstrom of intensity. You guys build up together, um, particularly on some of the some of the bigger, uh, more expansive tracks. But this one, I think the the name, the word meditations in the name was very appropriate. It's it's much more. Um, little more mindful not that they the other tracks aren't but uh you know if if they occupy a fairly different space maybe is it more personal not just because it's it's i mean
3: it is definitely more personal and and that actually um was an entire record that i um produced uh, that i that i was creating for my for my second child who just recently turned two um so the, the the music itself is literally 2 years old because oh, it was wow. it was produced um it, i i created it to be uh, sort of a soundtrack for his you know entering the world but um so it's it's absolutely personal and uh and you know and as you said it's just me so it's 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 definitely quieter and and uh kind the kind of the kind of music where you would wanna like dim the lights and sit on the couch and listen to, you know what I mean? <laughs> right
0: I do, on. although I was uh I was <laughs> making pancakes in the kitchen. But um, <laughs> well, that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done the other thing as well. It's it's uh it conveys a vibe. It's really groovy, I dig it. So, Thank you. So uh and this new record is called I I Just Wasn't Made for These Set Times, which is um frankly i it's it's a hilarious name because i identify with this right um maybe you could tell everybody a little bit well actually i i do know something and maybe you could speak to this part specifically seems like this record is actually from the same sessions as the last two is that correct that's
3: correct yeah so um and this will be the final one in the in the I guess it's a trilogy. Cool. Um, yeah, um, not all of Paradisical Mind was, was recorded in that session, but, but some of it, but all of Grow Towards the Light and all of this new one were from, uh, a two day session in, um, February of 2018 in, in California, in Oakland. And, um, it was um, it was a long two days. It was like two days, but you know, starting early and ending late, and and we really just let ourselves go.
0: You guys really put some stuff into it. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive because I mean, you've got uh, I think there's only four cuts on this new one, um, and, right? You know, five on the previous on Grow Towards the Light. I was just looking at this and like six on Paradisical Mind and some of these tracks run up to 17 minutes or something like that. And that's a pretty, uh, that's pretty heady output for two days work.
3: Well, we, um, uh, there's a, there's a little bit of overdubs, a very little bit, but the, 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 the bulk of it, the, the majority of our, work is completely improvised in a group setting so like we're all playing together and and improvising together and you know like like a, like classic um jazz lps where like you mm-hmm. know like you'd go into you know you know rudy's studio in new jersey and you play uh for like 10 hours and you make like four albums, you know, <laughs> like, Right? It's, like, you know, it, but the thing is obviously with improvisation and, and we're all in the room and we're in the moment and we're listening and we're producing this stuff and, and we're just recording everything. So it's not all going to be great because it's just, you know, it's what it, we're listening and we're reacting to each other, but but since we're recording everything, like, there's going to be enough, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can edit later and, like, pick out the good parts, and usually the good parts end up being, like, 15-minute chunks, you know? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Well, we're but, deadheads, uh, so we can appreciate the uh, the perils yeah. and the rewards of the band going out uh, out on the wire and uh, totally. to coming back with something. And also, uh, frankly... I think we can forgive a little bit of sweetening after the fact i mean we all love europe 72 right and let me tell you <laughs> they definitely sweetened that up a little bit so, totally yeah. yeah
3: i mean I, I will overdub a few things but it, it's not much but uh, but i agree with you it's just a little you know adding a little icing to the cake um but uh I, I, it's funny because i i think i'm the only like true deadhead in 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 the in the dire wolves,
0: <laughs> you know that may be enough for some bands.
3: Yeah, our violin player likes likes a little bit of dead, but the other the others like are like definitely not into it. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> we all have our things, I guess. You know,
0: well, I think that that's good to bring in a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, if, uh, there's nothing wrong with a group comprised entirely of deadheads. I've, God knows, I've listened to quite a few of them, but it's good to draw from elsewhere. So Yeah, sure. So that's awesome. Well, um, I uh, let's see, what track did I have here? I want to play everybody uh, a track from it. And um, actually, Mike from Centripetal Force sent me one of these, and he had a recommendation that we put out. Brother Lee, Womb Life Blues, from the new record. Cool. Why don't we go ahead and, Take a break here and play that for everybody, and then let's uh, let's get into some Grateful Dead.
3: Cool, that sounds great. Awesome.
0: So that was Brother Lee, Womb Life Blues from the New Record. I wasn't made for these set times. I want to ask you about that about that name. I mean, it seems obvious to me as a guy who's I'm in my forties and you know, when I go to see smaller bands, younger bands, what have you, in, in clubs and things and sometimes they just they start so late. <laughs> sure. Especially as a, as a man who works a day job, I assume that's what you're referring to. Is
3: well, it, it's funny because it was. Um, I mean, it's not, it, it, so. I mean, partially yes. I mean, definitely. Like some some of these shows start so late. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like you know, like <laughs> you know, like the first the first band goes on at eleven. I'm like, come on, I'm I'm too old for this. But um, so definitely yes. But it's 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 obviously a a a direct reference to i just wasn't made for these times which oh, yeah. is a, you know the beach boys song but w- it, the 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 reason that it's really funny to me is that i um i was looking at a beach boys record and i saw i saw it written out i just wasn't made for these times but i had sort of like a like a brain fart or whatever. And I misread it like in my own head. I misread it as I just wasn't made for these set times. And I, I started laughing because obviously I knew that I read it wrong, but then I was like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> hey,
0: your your brain is feeding you good information.
3: Yeah. It's pretty silly, but that's why great. not?
0: Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's terrific. Um, so I'll tell everybody, uh, you reached out to me and you know, with, with the new record coming out, but you said that you wanted to talk Grateful Dead, and you had in mind to talk about some Donna, and then I, I, I bounced did. back a uh, you know a show suggestion to you, and uh, and so here we are. I'm always game to talk Donna. I'm a big fan. I'm an apologist if need be. And uh, where where do you stand? I I think you said in the last one that you uh you were a fan of Donna and listening to '70s stuff.
3: I'm a big I'm a big Donna fan, and I. I, um, yeah, I, so I was thinking about like, oh, like, you know, you know, it'd be great to like, you know, to, uh, have another conversation on broke, broke down podcast. And I was like, oh, what could, you know, like, what could we talk about? And I was thinking about it and then I thought, oh, you know, I, you know, I could, we could, I could, I could talk about my love for Donna specifically because, um, I just think that she gets such a bad rap and it really kind of bugs me, you know, like there's such a double standard and um, because, you know, I mean, nobody in the grateful dead can sing. I mean, come on, let's be honest, (laughs) you know, but like,
0: like, you know, they they have their strengths that they lean into with varying degrees of effectiveness. Right. Totally.
3: But, but also like uh, my love of that, era of music um is such a big part of like you know how i be you became a musician and how and how i approach music and how i approach like being in the moment of like you know being on stage and just like letting things wash over me and like just you know what i mean like just going mm-hmm. with the music and it's it's hard to put a finger on it but like i think my love of the Donna sound is is definitely emblematic of that. And it it reminded me that like so like you know, I went to a lot, you know, as you know, I went to a lot of dead shows in the eighties. And, you know, that was my era. That was the era that I was a that I was a deadhead. And um but one of my greatest regrets is that I never got to see Donna play with with the band because I'm not old enough for that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: um and so when the when the anniversary shows, when the fifty, the Grateful Dead fifty shows came around um, in in California and Chicago, I I went all in. I was like, I'm going to go to these because they're doing all the, they're pulling out all the stops, you know. Like they even did the mail order, like they used to do in right. the old. You know, like it, like made, made it remind you know it was nostalgic. I was like, yeah, I used to do the mail order. Like this is cool. They're doing it again, and
0: everybody was uh, coloring up their envelopes and sending them in with their two by five cards. It was it was crazy yeah.
3: It reminded me of the, It reminded me of you know you know all of that like decorating envelopes in the eighties, and so I was like, you know, they're they're doing this. They're going to play these shows. It's the fiftieth anniversary. They're gonna pull out all the stops you know I was for I was for sure convinced that like Robert Hunter was gonna be on stage and Donna was gonna be on stage you know what I mean like I was I was there so I got I got tickets to the to all the shows in California in San Jose or wherever and um and I went down to the to those shows for that weekend and there was no there was no Donna And I was like, wait, what's happening here? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I was like, so then, and then there was like a week or two between those shows and then the ones in Chicago. And I, um, I actually printed up thousands and thousands of let Donna sing stickers in, in, in the interim. Um, and I, and I did that actually, um, with a bunch of uh you know i did i did that at work with a bunch of like free stickers and stuff that i stole from work so you know <laughs> <laughs> but, but i print but i would print up thousands every day i would just like every day i would go in and print up thousands of these stickers and um and because i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to chicago and i didn't even think i was gonna go to chicago because i didn't get my mail order was was denied oh, so wow. i actually i put a, I put the i put the the denial letter on my office door at work. I was working at this museum, and um, and Mickey Hart saw the letter that you were denied for mail order tickets, and he. because So he he was on the board of directors of the museum I was working at at the time, and and then he actually like gave me a bunch of Chicago Grateful Dead fifty tickets, which is crazy. Like wow. like. <laughs> that but that i mean that's another story like i barely i barely i mean i don't know mickey hart you know like i i was just like completely like freaked out that he was like you know coming into my office i was just like what <laughs> but um <laughs> but then anyway so like i ended up going to chicago unexpectedly and and then i uh passed out all these let donna sing stickers and and it was so uh it was so divisive like the I I was giving them out for free like you know left and right and lots of people were not into it <laughs> well
0: uh, i I think I, you you've you touched on the the stickers last time but you did not with this uh, extent and I didn't get one I was at those shows and i I would have taken one and thanked you and given you a hug out of just excitement for the whole thing because i i like donna and um you know i too of course didn't get to see donna with the grateful dead i did see her sitting with other ones once in uh, in camden of all places um but oh, um, cool. yeah it was, was it was cool it was cool it was unexpected she was out for just a few songs like uh i think just like uh, wang dang doodle and of course playing in the band and uh, maybe the uh, I think Cassidy for the encore and which is a weird encore, but uh, but it was cool and uh, I, I'm glad I went. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of I think they did a lot of things right with it fairly well, but I think it would have been nice to include Donna because you know she was she was part of the thing, man. She
3: was part of the band for almost a decade. I mean, like,
0: come on, <laughs> and like a pretty pretty significant bit of time not just sure. almost a decade but it was the 70s uh, sure like well a, well known person. as yeah. by many fans as the best best time periods whether you're a 77 fan or a 73 fan or what have you donna was there except for like you know dicks picks one or whatever because she was off having a baby or whatever but um yeah she was there and she uh, she contributed and she does she gets a bad rep i think uh i think that's really largely the fault of the sonic experiments for the wall of sound i mean she couldn't hear herself when they had this massive speaker array behind her and no monitors so uh you know she sounded good in the studio and she sounded good in the smaller rooms with jerry band and she sounded good I mean, with yeah. She yeah, sounded I, good with the Dead in '76, at least as good as any of the guys.
3: Totally, totally, and like I, I feel that the like negativity towards her is, uh, you know, I've heard I've heard so much of it over the years, and I feel like uh, probably a lot of it is just like dudes being dudes, and it's not cool, you know, it's totally. Weird, you know, like and when people are like, oh, Jerry and the boys, you know, it's like this like boys club, you know, chauvinist kind of vibe that I it's like the one that's the one thing that I have some real negative feelings about towards the whole scene. You know,
0: there's some problematic elements there, uh, both inside the band and out front as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's a professional musician, you know, I mean, she sang with Elvis. Come on, like, (laughs) right. Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I stand I mean, right Elvis, beside you. Man. Elvis is not going to have any like you know shoddy musician singing with him. I mean, he's Elvis, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, he didn't need to have to do that to get chicks or whatever. He could. <laughs> <yeah>.
3: <laughs> anyway, I yeah, I don't want to dwell on that. I just I just wanna I think the main thing I wanted to dwell on was just uh my my love for the for the sounds that she brought to it. Like yeah, that, like that's really the, you know, like that's where I want I want the conversation to go because like you know, you know, when it shines, it shines, you know? Like it's it's really really good vibes.
0: So, yeah, let's talk about those good vibes. I I suggested a show that we could play some of. Did you check out this uh uh 62976 Auditorium Theater show?
3: I did. I did, I and I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Thank you for suggesting it.
0: So I, I think I'd like to play some folks, uh, maybe a couple of the tracks out of the first set, and then we'll get into some of the jams in the second. But I got to tell you a story about this show. Okay, so cool. When I, uh, when I was when I first got to college, I only had a handful of tapes. But like at orientation weekend, of course, I immediately met some deadheads, and so when I got. Back actually for the first weekend or whatever of college, I found these people and found this guy, and uh, borrowed a stack of tapes from him, and brought him back to my dorm to tape them. And I was yeah. sit- sitting at my you know my desk in my dorm room one day with my radio playing behind me playing this tape. It was uh, set one six twenty nine seventy six Chicago Illinois, and. It's opens with Tennessee Jed and Cassidy and Pekio, Mama Triad, all that stuff's real good. And they got into Mission in the Rain. I was like, oh, this is real nice. I checked my dead base and saw it's the final version of Mission in the Rain. And it's, it's a real nice version. And cool. then It Looks Like Rain comes on. And some people groan, it looks like rain. They're all wrong, by the way. But <laughs> listening to this one, I was just, you know... I think I was looking at a book or maybe I was slipping through my dead base and just kind of just listening. And it hit me so hard how good the harmonies are. And this looks like rain. That's cool. The cassette was a good quality soundboard tape. And I turned around and stared at my radio as the harmonies in the latter part of the song were just kicked in so hard and I I started crying like un, you know just whoa unbidden and was just crazy moved by this tape and as soon as the song ended I rewound listened to it again and blew my mind
3: that's beautiful
0: this has been a favorite of mine for quite a few years ever since that moment in fact so that's beautiful yeah man. So we're gonna play that part for sure.
3: Seventy six was a great year, and and also even the um, Jerry Garcia band shows from seventy six have amazing vocals from Donna. Um, anyway, yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely they do, and uh, this uh, seventy six tour in the theaters with an audience that was just purely deadheads mail order only shows yeah just yeah. everything you want it to be
3: yeah and I wish I was I wish I was there for those
0: yeah it's a it's a time machine sort of month for me
3: that's so cool
0: yeah so we'll get into that in a few minutes uh I will remind everybody after how they can find your record which they should do I've had a chance to listen to the whole new record and it is it's terrific it's really it it's it gets out there you guys I really like the uh I really like the sound you guys put together thank you and yeah keep at it I look forward to see what what follows after this trilogy is over do you do another trilogy do you uh do some one-offs do you uh no (laughs) I'm just kidding well we're Uh, yeah we're um
3: that yeah we're well we're really excited that this one is coming out on centripetal force um it's kind of a newish label from Nashville and it's um they're he they're releasing some really cool stuff this year so there's you know i feel like
0: we're in good company you are um, just giving me a little preview of just, yeah uh, what's to come and yeah there's there's some good stuff on that label coming up he's
3: doing a he's doing a prana crafter um rage nap lp which is like um music that was all inspired by robert hunter um he's yeah. he's got Sun Watchers record coming out. Like, I'm, it's really a powerful label. And, um,
0: yeah, you know, but- that, that Prana Crafter, I talked about it on here, I think, uh, maybe in the last episode or the one before that. I don't know when, but I, I, you know, they did a digital release of that and I got that and, um, I, I nearly crashed my truck listening to his track. <laughs> <laughs> have just got nice and spaced out uh while i was driving along listening to it. it was. is
3: we've been we, so everyone in direwolves have 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 been big fans of prana crafter for a few years and um we've we've communicated a lot but never met in person and um but it's all going to change in uh this summer we're doing a canadian tour and we're going to collaborate together. We're going to do some Dire Wolves, Prana Crofter, um, collaboration sets live in Toronto and Ottawa. Um, so I'm, I can't even believe it. I'm really looking forward to that,
0: but, uh, the hair is standing up on the back of my neck. Um, I, am looking for the tapes already to
3: answer your earlier question. Um, we're going to commune in Oakland, California again, in March of this year in the same studio that these last few albums were done in. And we're going to just repeat the the equation, you know? So we're going to do a couple days in the same studio and just let the tapes roll and, you know, improvise. So, you know, who knows what will come out of it?
0: Well, uh, so far so good. So I'm really looking forward to every bit of that you just told us about. Um, yeah and uh keep us posted thank you all right thanks so much for coming on
3: thank you i I appreciate i appreciate the opportunity and i and i love the podcast so like you know very kind of you keep keep it keep keep on keeping on
0: (laughs) (laughs) right on man all right thanks jeffrey cool all right so jeffrey as you can tell is a great guy uh again that clip the song, rather, we played back there in the middle of the interview was Dire Wolves. The song is called Brother Lee, Womb Life Blues, and it is from the album I Just Wasn't Made for These Set Times. You can get it via Pedal Force Records over at Bandcamp. All the links, of course, will be on our show notes. It's time to play some Dead. As mentioned, we're going to play some stuff from June 29th, 1976 at the Auditorium Theater in Chicago, Illinois. We're going to get a bit of each set, starting in the first with a tight, short Cassidy, followed by Mission in the Rain, Looks Like Rain, Rue Jimmy, then Might as Well. Then we dive into set two and take on Playing in the Band, Into the Wheel, Back into Playing Reprise. I hope you enjoy this as much as I always have. Let me know what you think by dropping me a line at BrokeDownPod at gmail.com or on the Twitter or Instagram at BrokeDownPod. Also, it would be a huge help if you use Apple Podcasts to rate the show and leave a review. That will help other folks find the show, and I'd appreciate it very much. Anyways, that's enough from me. Here's some good old Grateful Dead. Until next time, be well.
4: lost now on a country mile in his hand And I can tell by the way he smiles. we right. Come round again Looks as though tomorrow I'll do better Build your side of bed The covers were still in the warm where you'd been laying. Recap. Yeah, I guess we'd like to say hello to all our friends out there in the vast Audio Radiance. Hoping that you are receiving us as
5: clearly as we're receiving you. <laughs>